better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone and welcome to the Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. My name is Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. And I'm Michael Pace. Man-made terror, hungry jaws of death, y'all don't cross my depths, so I'll pause your breaths. I cause you to sink down 40,000 leagues, bleeding to death with no arms and short sleeves. What a lovely sonnet, Kenan. <laughs> These waters are waist level, the hallways flooded, lost your scuba gear, the killers, cold-blooded. His name's LL. You don't really want it. I ate your ancestors. The ocean is haunted. <laughs> wow. Um, that was probably one of the most beautiful. Wait, was that? What is that? That was a high... That's how haikus work, right? That was definitely a haiku. This is a poem. This is a poem written for, um, written by one of the most prolific artists of his time uh, and who featured prominently in the movie that we all watched uh, this evening and that we'll now be covering. Uh, Mr. LL Cool James. Um, <laughs> who starred in the movie Deep Blue Sea, which we are about to talk about for 50 fucking minutes. <laughs> LL yeah, Cool it's James. Yeah, be great. That's LL his name. LL Cool James. That is his, that's what the J stands for. You know But that, my right? question is, where does the LL come from? It's Wait. Ladies Love Cool James. That's his full name. Now you're, you're you, fucking you with me now, right? Is that you shut your mouth right now, you fucking scrubs. <laughs> look it up right now. I thought you were saying LL Cool James because your name is James. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm also a Cool James, but he is the original Cool James. You could say the coolest James. I want you to Google Lovers, it on the air. Lovers his name Lane. is an acronym? Ladies Love Cool James. No, I'm I'm doing it. Ladies love cool James. That is that is the most '90s thing that I have heard in my entire life. Is it's ladies his name. love cool James? It's his name, isn't it? Yeah, that's his name, but Pace. it's not his actual name. Pace, did no, you of course not. His name is James Todd Smith. That's not his real yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pace, did you go to '90sRnB.gov? Because they generally have a pretty good database of all the '90s R&B. Yeah, go, wait, go wait, to wait, the wait, Library wait, wait, of wait, Congress, wait, wait. please. <laughs> Can you? Go to the Library of Congress, ask them to check out the book. Stop on... making up websites, Sean. No, the Library of Congress <laughs> is a legitimate real place. Yeah, that's no, a I know real the Library place of Congress is, but, but 90srmb.gov does not exist. And I got really excited for a second. I do also want to point out that uh, Mr. Cool James received the 2000, uh, 2017 Kennedy Center Honors. So we cannot besmirch his name. Not only is he a prolific uh, artist, shark killer, uh, but he's also a humanitarian. Oh no, okay. he is—he is an actual decent person, IRL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that which that, then we that rap that rap for the credits—that's the most buck wild shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, so I did not I, expect that. We determined that this movie was—I I don't like Tom Jane was in it. A lot of other people were in it. Samuel Jackson was in it. A lot of important people, but uh, this movie was Mr. Cool James's Wild Wild West. Like he literally starred <laughs> yes. in it. He was arguably the most important hero, and he rapped about sharks at the end of the movie. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Yeah, it's kind of perfect. I it's kind of perfect. Can't I honestly can't wait to talk about this movie because it was one of those movies just to give the audience. So again, it's Deep Blue Sea. Came out in nineteen ninety nine. 
just to give the audience a feel of what this movie's like, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, the critic rating is 59%, but mm-hmm. the audience score is 89%. <laughs> Meaning that people know this is hot garbage, but it's very entertaining. But they're like, <laughs> yes. yeah, this is exactly my kind of garbage. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Well, and 58% isn't even that bad, really. It's, it's not. I mean, like, it's not. Some would say it's close to the middle. Yeah. It's six I out mean, of ten critics. It's not as bad as it could be, but, like, you wouldn't go see a movie in theaters that was 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. No, I wouldn't. This this movie well, does Canada. star. It has a. I probably would. This <laughs> this movie has a <laughs> mildly star-studded cast. We've got Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Tom Jane is in it. Uh, LL Cool James. Uh, and Stellan Skarsgård, Skarsgård, or a bunch of names you guys would probably remember. Uh, Saffron Burroughs uh, plays the uh, the doctor, Doctor Susan, Miss Susan, who dies like right when you think she's going to be fine. Yeah, she's killed off. It was it's crazy. the best thing in the world. Yeah, that was the best part of the film. <laughs> One of you made a comment far. that this movie was definitely written by fucking George R. R. Martin because everyone <laughs> dies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was like Game of Thrones, like fucking season eight or so whatever the next one i'm waiting for this mm-hmm. quenched my thirst right but instead of winter is coming it's a bunch of sharks mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. that's right blue walkers i don't know no wait the white swimmers damn it nice <laughs> the good great job. white swimmers fuck <laughs> the great white swimmers yeah. you should <laughs> sorry B- building on that i think a crossover of game of thrones and deep blue sea would be a really a really kind of special thing that that if if you have khaleesi flying around her dragons and then a giant shark jumps up and takes a big chomp out of the dragon's neck well arguably th- mm-hmm. you would have tom jane riding around on a shark like i think that that is the you you the would equivalent. and then he attacks the khaleesi and it's the last thing she expects because we don't think he's we don't know of, sharks are real he's king of the in blue this universe and she was too busy looking up at the throne to be looking down at the sharks yeah yeah she's really up on her dragon pedestal over here not even mm-hmm. considering you know what about the what about the sharks mm-hmm. you know what 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 about their needs and their wants we could probably do like a whole podcast on this but instead this is a podcast about movies and science so maybe we should get to our disclaimers so we can start talking about some science. i think that is a great great idea kenan Pace. I can't believe I had to turn you guys around. I know. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you should rope me into this. You guys were pitching <laughs> a new Game of Thrones series. So, uh, Pace, would you do yes. the honors and tell us the Please. disclaimers? Oh, I'd be so happy to. We are three three young science boys with just a really good i really good good idea about what it means to 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 critically analyze science things. And so we're gonna critically analyze science things that are associated with this movie, Deep Blue Sea. It might get a little bit technical at times, so that's because we love you and we know that you can understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also going to curse a little bit, if you haven't noticed that already. I think um, I said fuck four times. No, five. That's okay, because it makes us really kind of adorable and lovable and shows that we're not perfect and we know that right. no one's perfect and therefore it's okay. It's how people um, know you're smart. That's right. That's right. People with higher IQ tend to curse more. I read that in a book somewhere. Nice. Um, good and based s- upon that... Your work. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that we're good to go. And we watched Deep Blue Sea, and and I I learned um, that I'm going to be giving the lovely listeners the plot synopsis of this mm-hmm. film. You are that we watched. Do you know why? Do you know what bad thing you did that uh, made you have to do the plot synopsis? What did I do, Kenan? You didn't participate in Ghost Time with me and Sean last week. So in this in this film, I, I forgot exactly how it opens up, but the primary <laughs> opening scene is it's not important is our. Is our is our doctor our doctor lady? I forgot her name. Um, Susan. 
Dr. Susan, uh, she is basically uh, talking to Samuel L. Jackson's character about the future of her research. And uh, with the research that she does is relating to Alzheimer's disease. Specifically, what she does is research in sharks uh, to attempt to cure Alzheimer's disease. Um, she kind of like spouts out some some stats on why Alzheimer's disease is a problem, and it is. But but the issue here is that they're running out of funding and they need kind of the, the rationale to keep their research going. And she's like, give me 48 hours and I will show you why this research is important, which my initial thought was, what the hell are you going to do in 48 hours as a scientist? <laughs> my like, initial nothing, thought really. was literally like, all good breakthroughs happen in 48 hours. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fucking so ridiculous. We haven't had anything to sate our investors for the past however many fucking years, but yeah, you give but us two days and we're going to pump Yeah, two out. days, we're going to blow your, knock your socks off. Yeah. Um, so anyway, basically, Samuel L. Jackson goes and visits their laboratory. And their laboratory is this extensive aquatic underwater base out um like a, a few hundred miles off the west coast of california mm-hmm. um and basically this is where they basically they have the the sharks stored in these kind of huge kind of perimeter cages that surround the base um, and it's where they conduct their research and so um the next kind of major thing that happens is that um you know this this all of their kind of future of their lab is riding on this one visit from samuel jackson who i think is an investor in in the research itself uh and so he kind of visits takes a look around the facility we meet all the characters in this story the kind of people that maintain the facility there's a shark wrangler uh there's like a guy that maintains the facility he's like an engineer he knows how all the um you know how how all the processes work around the the building Mm, and he also has a very stereotypical nerd goatee in case you didn't know he was a nerd he he really does yeah definitely a nerd yeah he Um, also can't speak in normal tongues he has to uh He has there's, to speak in math, apparently. There's a scene where I think I, I, I'm not going to bother finding it when I wrote it down, but Tom Jane is like, hey, how tall are those fences? And he was like, well, based upon the fluctuations of the water and the tensile strength of the gate. And Tom Jane's like, speak English, bro. And I messaged both of these guys and was like, this is the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen. No one talks like that. This was just like, hey, hey, audience, scientists are nerds. This guy's a nerd. How tall <laughs> is that nerd. fence? Uh, yeah, really, really feeding into that stereotype. Give me time to research it. <laughs> <laughs> it's eight feet, okay? <laughs> it's eight feet. Um, and and so the next thing that kind of happens is they are basically preparing uh, for kind of the, the big moment, the big reveal um, that will prove to Samuel L. Jackson, Mister Investor over here, that their research means something. And so what they basically have been doing here is they've been growing this protein in shark brains. And supposedly this protein can reactivate dormant neurons. And so this obviously has, would they say this would have implications for Alzheimer's disease? Because, you know, people, their cells aren't very happy in Alzheimer's disease brains. And so what they do is they, they, they take a gigantic needle and they stick it into one of their giant shark brains and they suck out like five cc's of fluid of this liquid and they squirt it on some dormant neurons from a human alzheimer's brain and bam these cells are all just like happy now like magic this magic shark protein and like right as this happens essentially uh they feel so excited and so elated by their accomplishments and then the shark magically wakes up and bites off the arm of one of the scientists Mm -hmm. this is when all (laughs) hell breaks loose poor poor Um, scars guard 
Yes, poor, poor Skarsgård. Thor's dad is just not doing very well here. Um, well, and so wait, what? <laughs> nope, just keep going. Okay, <laughs> I was making a very bad joke. Okay, please uh-huh. ignore me. Okay. Um, oh, oh, I got it because the arm. Yeah. Got, okay. Yeet. Um, and and so, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Um, the 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 kind of next sequence of events is them trying to rescue this guy who has just lost his arm, and they send out a chopper to uh to evac this guy who just got his arm bit off by a shark. But the problem is that. The mechanism they're using to bring this guy up into the helicopter is not functioning properly. Uh, and he's, he's him, the injured dude, on a stretcher, falls down back into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And the shark grabs onto it and then pulls the chopper into the base. And everything goes kaplooey. Oh, yeah, you know what was a pretty crazy? That there was a fucking hurricane outside while they were trying to airlift someone off a sea base. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, it was like yeah, that's yes. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, it was an it was an action movie storm. Like right, like this is oh, this is all we need. But like it's also, I get that he obviously needed medical assistance, but I don't understand how loading someone into a helicopter in the middle of a hurricane is safer than trying to treat them on the base that they're at. Like that's the wildest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like you would think they'd have some sort of medical staff at at their base. Right. Or, or like not take off in a, in a hurricane maybe I don't know just yeah also Th- yes. this was at night though and they said they were working a skeleton crew over the weekend so maybe their medical staff was gone for yeah but I'm saying like if you fly a plane through a hurricane you're do- going to die like it's <laughs> right Sean is saying it's insane that they they took off in the first yeah place. like I'm saying like, what is the chopper gonna do like they're like don't worry Agreed, we'll take 100%. you someplace safe let's just fly through this hurricane sorry I mean I just I had to bring it no up no I this. agree I agree with that that makes sense for sure I'm sorry I mean, to derail your plot pace honestly though okay. Sean that's not at all the stupidest thing that happens in this movie so nope sure isn't you'd think that it would be up there <laughs> but it's not <laughs> So the, the the remaining of the movie, um, now that we have kind of the science out of the way, is essentially a, a long stretch of them trying to, um, they're in the bottom of this underwater base. And the problem is because of the chopper crash, it's flooding. Um, and they are trying to get to the top of the base and circumventing all of the areas that have flooded. Meanwhile, the sharks are literally pounding their way through the damaged walls mm-hmm. of this base, sometimes through apparently undamaged walls um, and and doors and to literally come and attack and kill the scientists because apparently these sharks are smarter now because they use gene therapy to increase their brain size. Right. And so the rest of the movie is a montage of them escaping these sharks and most people die by the end of it. Um, there are two people remaining as they, as after they, there are three remaining after they finally get to the surface. Um, and luckily enough, uh, one of the, the, the primary doctor who's been doing all of this and driving all these experiments uses herself as bait to try to lure the last shark into a trap um, and then ends yep. up getting killed in the process, which I thought was hilarious. She does a great job being bait. I yeah, mean. a really good job being bait. Um, and then basically the last two people remaining are the shark wrangler and the cook uh, who managed to kill the last shark um, before it gets away into the ocean and ruins everything um so that that's the movie um this fucking movie yeah yeah it's um it's a movie <laughs> i mean <laughs> i kind of don't good even movie. know 
where to begin because there's so many wild things that happen in this movie. Like it's it's like Rampage, but more wild and like well, reanimated. I thought it was better than Rampage. More science, but yeah, but I mean it, like the pro- yeah. the things, the crazy shit that happens, like. Like the rock surviving an airplane crash, not in a seatbelt, like you know, right? Exactly. I was gonna say, Rampage drew a lot of its like uh appeal out of just ridiculous fucking CGI and the rock being indestructible. The majority of this movie is people running away from water and sharks killing literally the entire cast. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, mo- yes. this movie was this movie was a Friday the 13th, but it's a shark. Like, I'm pretty (laughs) sure there's three separate scenes where um, the fucking shark wrangler guy gets launched through a metal hallway just by a giant torrent of water. Like, (laughs) yep. And and like, it just gets back up like, oh, it's flooding. Like, yeah, I mean, you just got thrown. I think we could probably start out with we've we've addressed Alzheimer's on the show before, but I did want to say, like, for our listeners who may not have listened to our still Alice episode yeah. when we talked about it the most um, pace is our resident paleontologist. And I really want to just sort of like get a quick snapshot of his experience with Alzheimer's so that we could get that out of the way. Maybe ask him one or two questions about how shark brains can help cure it. And then we can move well, on and, to some of the other dumb science in this movie. And let's, and let's be clear. I did only exclusively study dinosaur brains during my PhD, as That's you mentioned, Dine yeah. Alzheimer's, if you will. D- dine. Oh my God. Yes. Um, so, I call it all diners. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see how many. Yeah, let's see how many more puns we can make at this. Okay. No, no, no. You um, just tell us about dinosaurs. Okay, let's hear it. I did actually study as a neuroscientist, and Alzheimer's disease was one of the things that I spent the most time on. And so, basically, I mean, you probably already know that Alzheimer's disease is is, is characterized by the death of neurons in the brain, which leads to dementia and a diminishing of a wide array of like cognitive tasks that that uh, humans are normally very good at. And this is because of the degeneration of certain areas of the brain. And so what they're trying to do here is they're basically saying that they have the magic solution, which is which is this this shark protein that is expressed. Uh, They what they actually say is they use a hormonal enhancer to to grow the size of of the shark brains by five times the forebrain of the shark brain, mm-hmm. like the front of the, the the front of the brain where you do a lot of your kind of like working memory and problem solving sort of things. They grow that size of the brain by five times its normal size. So they, they can harvest more of this special protein right, and like reactivate the human brain cells. So that's kind of their, their rationale. So my first thoughts were, okay, this is ridiculous, but how can I make it work? How can we use their logic and say, what if, what if based on all these qualifications, yes, this is a good idea. So this is my fun thought experiment that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless you guys have any thoughts, I will jump into this. No, go jump for in, it. Jump in, dude. Play, okay. Play in the space, my boy. The, the, I assumed instead of like, they talk about a hormonal enhancer. I figured let's talk about just kind of like general growth factors in general in the brain. One of these is brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF. You might have heard of it before. There's a lot of this in the brain. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. uh, there was a study that came out in neurology in 2016 that demonstrated higher levels of this protein, BDNF, in the brain were associated with higher levels of cognitive performance. And they basically followed like 600 people from age 81 on average until their death over a period of like six to seven years. Pretty gruesome study. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and depressing, I would also yeah. imagine. And what they and that's how they kind of came to this conclusion that like more BDNF is good and will generally leads to like, you know, better less chance for cognitive impairment and dementia, things like that. And so additionally, there was another paper that came out in 2007 that um that that showed that levels of BDNF in the CSF were associated with higher cognitive performance as well. And you notice whenever they take the fucking protein from the shark's brain they take they don't suck out the tissue they suck out like a liquid right and and that's why i figured it had to be some sort of like csf type equivalent in the shark well never mind that they remove a liquid directly from the brain and then add it drop wise to just like what is i guess a pile of brain well, okay. Okay, and we and we have to talk a about that too. A lump oh my of God. brain in a petri dish that I, they poured the liquid onto. I do want to say for the listeners, CSF is cerebral spinal fluid. So yes. it's like yes. the fluid it's, that's in your brain and spinal cord instead of blood. Yeah, it it kind of acts as like uh, like a cushioning liquid because that way your brain's your brain's not just like sitting up against your skull. It's like cushioned by this liquid. Right. Yeah, it's and it's a bathtub your brain sits in. It's a brain bathtub. It's a it's a bath brain tub. And so the the the, the way the reason I went down this thought path I was like, okay, if you could get a lot of like a weird similar shark version of BDNF, right, and just get a shit ton of it, and then like extract it from the CSF or the, the shark version of the CSF and squirt it onto this brain cells, these brain cells, maybe there is some science that says that maybe, you know, these kind of growth factors could improve the overall health of neurons. So but SBDNF, go ahead. sorry, SBDNF would be shark brain derived. Growth shark factor. brain derived neurotrophic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sibidinif. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That's, that's interesting pace because you put in more work than everybody designing the plot of Deep Blue Sea did on yes, that's the, correct. Correct. the I did. science behind yeah. it. And it only took me about five minutes to do. So, <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like uh, this, this movie was not developed with Alzheimer's research in mind. This movie was developed when Duncan Kennedy, the guy who wrote it, uh, was younger and he saw the remains of a shark attack victim and then had nightmares forever about sharks that could read his mind and then was like, no, Jesus. what about sharks that are super smart? And that turned into this movie. So uh, they weren't out to explain Alzheimer's cures. So Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking too much into it, but that's what we do in this podcast. That's right? what we do. We rip it apart and we scrutinize and so, ruin. So, okay, I think following with your train of thought on that pace, I guess that that is like a legitimate argument for how maybe adding this to adding this like growth factor to someone's brain could potentially help with their cognitive prevent their cognitive decline Mm -hmm. and in the movie the way they show this is by adding it to i guess human they say human cultured neurons from alzheimer's patients or something yeah so the way those would be fun to get wouldn't they it looks like somebody took a chicken breast, marinated it in barbecue sauce, and then put it into a petri dish. <laughs> the, well, the best part about that is it looks like that, and then when they look at the screen for the microscope, <laughs> it's two cells. It's two cells. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, there's literally, in the movie, there's, like, a ball of tissue in a yeah. plate, and then they turn the microscope on, and the screen just has a picture of two cells. Two which, like, perfect cells. Makes yeah. no sense. Two neurons, which, like, if, if for those of you that have actually watched this movie and are listening, like, if you're not familiar with the structure of a neuron, there's basically the cell body, 
Mm-hmm. And then there's the dendrites, which are these little projections that all branch out from it. It looks kind of like, I guess, like a spider web almost. Mm-hmm. And then there's an axon, which is like a big long projection coming out one end. But in the movie, when they add this shark serum or whatever to the cells, they watch them become activated. And the way they convey this in the movie is literally little lightning bolts start yeah. like <laughs> appearing between Ugh. the dendrites of these neurons, which is like, yeah the craziest thing i've ever seen in my yeah, life it, they're they're emperor palpatining each other in order to like communicate which, <laughs> yes. this movie does not have like license on that it's this is not the only movie to do that every time you guys see you know i don't know it's almost uh, in all, like almost every marvel movie when a superhero becomes awesome uh you see a zoom in on like what are supposed to be three-dimensional neurons with tons of electricity flowing through them right like yeah yeah. that's what people think of when they think of neurons firing but you know what's really happening is it's a bunch of chemical signals and it would look like nothing except they'd probably be looking at like calcium release yeah they could look at calcium release there are reporters to look at that the cells can turn green Right. It is way less exciting than what we saw in this movie. You would just see some green cells, and then the scientists in the room would be like, oh, fuck yeah, we did it. We cured Alzheimer's. Thank you, shark. I mean, so there a couple things. that, Like, yes, it is ridiculous that they're showing it with, with little lightning bolts. That's mm-hmm. to make the layman understand it better, I suppose. But to be fair, neurons firing is an electrical phenomena. Sure. Uh, it is it is based upon an overall membrane potential that that changes and reaches a certain threshold and then the neuron fires uh, and it releases a bunch of little chemicals as you said Kenan. Um, but the way that they portray and they only do it they have like two cells so that doesn't tell them a whole lot and right. also I don't the effect that they observed wouldn't happen that fast it just yeah. it wouldn't right it, exactly it would, that's, like that's they added crazy a protein yeah. that's supposed to save the dying cells or something. Yeah, I mean, if anything, they'd be like, all right, well, let's leave this in culture for 24 hours and see if anything happens. Or like, yeah. And the thing about primary neural cultures, you can leave them for weeks sometimes. Like, and and it would have been so hard to get these. In order to get these neurons, you would have had to get the person's brain as they were dying, like fresh, and then like culture them like immediately. Well, I mean, Pace, in all fairness, plenty of people are dying all the time in this movie, so it could have just happened. But they have to also have Alzheimer's. (laughs) It has to be an Alzheimer's patient. (laughs) Yes. But I mean, hey, they're able to genetically engineer sharks, so I guess they can fucking do anything. I just like, the lightning bugged me so much because lightning is literally a like static discharge across yeah. like air not in yeah. water it just doesn't there would never no. be lightning it doesn't make any sense but yeah you boys yeah. weren't in the movie or in the room with me but my dog was and she jumped up very suddenly when i saw that and i yelled okay okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually started just right. like laughing uncontrollably and sarah was like what's so funny and i was like there's lightning bolts on the neurons <laughs> she's like just in there. i mean she didn't say that but i, I got the look like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah all right so what else do we got what other what other dumb stuff was in this movie because oh, there's a laundry list man okay one quick thing the, the whenever they are extracting the the, the liquid from the shark mm-hmm. the, that's a shark skull that yeah. they're penetrating with with what and they may like and then the shark is just it's fine the shark is fine it wakes up and bites the guy's arm off it seems absurd to me that they could so easily penetrate the the ancient 
uh, prehistoric being skull to extract liquid that fast. Yeah, I also want to be super clear that like, and I know there's some people out there that don't agree with animal research, but like for the most part, when these sorts of things are done, the animal is not in a position where it might suddenly break free and thrash around and injure itself or others. No, they are no. not like subjected to wild amounts of pain during these procedures. And these no. motherfuckers just like strapped a shark down with a truck tie, jammed a needle in its brain, and we're like, yeah, we're kind of guessing on the anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, right. Which they were is like, oh, we're monitoring its brain activity to like make sure it's asleep. And you're like, yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. What <laughs> sedative are they using? I don't know, but it, it woke up out of a dead fucking sleep the minute it smelled cigarette smoke. So those sharks were oh, hungry for nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> and then human flesh. Yeah, and then he and then proceeded followed <laughs> well, you know immediately by human flesh. There's there's nothing like you know after you get that after you get that nicotine buzz, the nice taste of human flesh. It really just kind of rounds the whole experience off for one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if we're going to mm-hmm. talk about like another science thing in the movie, they talk about this thing called the Harvard Compact or yes. whatever. Which yes. After extensive googling, found out is is not real in the context of what they're talking about. Basically, in 1999, so the premise in the movie is there's this fictional thing called the Harvard Compact, where I guess scientists and, you know, pharmaceutical companies have made an agreement not to pursue genetic engineering because it's too dangerous or something. They don't really talk about it, but it's sort of this, you know, overarching thing that, like, there are certain things we're not allowed to do, like, in the realm of science research. Mm. And we find out in the movie that in order to make the shark's brains grow more, they violated the Harvard compact and used gene therapy (laughs) to make their brains grow. Yes. And I just wanted to, you know, posit that maybe if you have the ability to do gene therapy to make sharks really smart, maybe you could just do gene therapy on Alzheimer's patients to get rid of their Alzheimer's. I don't know. That's sort of what I was thinking, but it's like inventing light speed travel to like go to the grocery store faster. Like it's not like it doesn't, you could just go to the grocery store. Like you don't need light speed travel to do that. Like you already have gene therapy. Why are you using something that would already fix the problem to make a protein? Yeah, I mean, you have to test it first though. I mean, if if you have some... it's tough because it's it's like let's say you have the ability to increase the forebrain size by you know five times its normal size you wouldn't want to initially do that in humans probably well it's <laughs> right. also like they're they're all focused on the concept of like size of the brain equals like brain function or whatever but like if right you just right. make your brain grow you don't get doubly smart you know it doesn't that doesn't how it works no you're right like you're right i mean it's you know because elephants have have huge brains much bigger than humans and of course it's 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 about the relative size of specifically they are they're not wrong whenever they're focused on the forebrain because like the reason that humans and and you know other other primates are so relatively intelligent compared to beings of a similar brain size is that they have a huge forebrain like compared to the rest of their yeah, right, right. System. But also, like, taking a human and making their brain bigger doesn't make the human smarter. Like, it means evolutionarily yeah, right. the species has evolved to have a larger forebrain, but, like, in one individual, just inflating someone's brain doesn't make their, you know, brain work better. 
Right. They just have a larger brain. It doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't rearrange their ability to use that extra space or the extra extra matter, the extra gray matter or whatever you want to call it. Whatever pace would call yes. it. Yeah, whatever it matter, whatever the, it, our resident paleontologist would refer to it as. Right. And to be clear, I th- I still think this movie is fucking bonkers. I'm more just playing devil's advocate ba- just for fun. I, I do want to bring up another thing, and you raised this point. Uh, there's a fucking Buck Wild stipulation in this movie about, like, I want to say maybe 30, 40 minutes into the film where Tom Jane is swimming out through these little cages so that they can catch one of these big boys or girls. They're, there's multiple. Uh, tackle them and then pull that stuff out of their big brain. Um, there's a scene where a shark swims back, swims backwards, and one of them's like, sharks can't do that. That's impossible. And the stipulation is that sharks, these sharks are so smart, they can swim backwards. Okay. Which I was, I literally said the same thing to Sarah. I was like, that makes no fucking sense. It's not like sharks are so dumb to not realize that they can swim backwards. Like, that's not how they literally cannot swim backwards yeah. there's some that can like walk backwards kind of like especially on the like if they're on the floor the the sea floor but they literally cannot move backwards because of their pectoral fins they, they they don't curve upwards right and not only that but their gills are built so that they mostly spend their time swimming forward like yep. a shark can yep. move backwards by using gravity by basically tilting and then falling backwards but if they keep doing this they'll they will die they literally cannot breathe because it lets a shitload of water into their gills yeah right like that's not it just doesn't make any sense to be like oh now that they're smarter (laughs) they can swim backwards it makes no sense that's like saying like oh kenan has gotten a lot smarter so he can fly now like it just doesn't make any sense (laughs) my brain is bigger so now i can just float up into the fucking air yeah (laughs) they're still bound by the physical parameters of their body like being a shark yes Jesus. That is a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I just also love it's just yeah, it is funny how like random things in this movie, like the fact that gene therapy is just like, oh yeah, like we just decided to do that to make this better. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess you have that capability, but you can't cure Alzheimer's. And then they're like, oh yeah, sharks are geniuses, so now they can just do magic things that their bodies can't normally do. Yeah. It's pretty exactly. all over the place with their conclusions and shit. I mean and along that the like the that same vein, the sharks are constantly smashing open steel sealed doors in this facility and tom jane yeah tom jane is like oh they can probably put about a couple tons of of pressure on these things it's like nah no Mm -mm." yeah right yeah no (laughs) their bones aren't stronger the crazy thing is also (laughs) these doors are holding back the fucking weight of the ocean because they're like underwater giant steel doors like so these are like undersea like submarine style doors that are meant to completely seal off another yeah. chamber of the base so that if there is a flood, you contain it. But like in all these doors, there's just like random bolts and screws like popping out and water flying through. And you're like, who designed this watertight sea door? I don't understand. Like the whole point is that you keep the water out. Like I know yes. that obviously they're built for a certain pressure, but you'd think that it wouldn't really function well if you can't keep out the water. Absolutely. And 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 Pace mentioned this earlier, but we should be clear, like, sharks do not have classical bones. Like, they are fully made of cartilage. What, what, what is effectively their skeleton is still cartilage and connective tissue. Like, they... And, and it has about half the normal density of bone. So, 
These bad, you could probably go into their brain with ease. We should probably revise that, but you definitely aren't going to be smashing open these heavy doors. Yeah. Not without compromising that big-ass forebrain. Right. But I guess they're so smart, they're also indestructible. Um, I don't I don't mean to jump to the end of the movie here. No, but, And we can it. go back to other aspects of the film. But one of the things that I was really actually really interested in finding out, um, they they have their, their, their attempt to kill this last shark is to electrocute it with a battery is my understanding oh uh, right? no they, they blow it up yeah they fill the harpoon so they have like a hollow harpoon that normally he puts the tranquilizer in and mm-hmm. instead he takes out the tranquilizer and fills it with explosives oh from the yes flare. yes yes that's right yeah, yeah he pulls right. gunpowder out from the flare and dumps it in there yeah mm-hmm. yeah then i completely forego bringing this up um well, about- and <laughs> I was going to say, because that's one of the things. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what I was thinking of. Okay, whenever I first saw the battery, uh, I was like, huh, like, I wonder how many volts it would take to kill a shark. To blow up a shark? That Yeah, yeah. Pace, this one movie would have been yeah. so much better if there had been no explosives involved. So- and it was just, <laughs> a shark just exploded the minute you electrocuted it. Yeah. And when Kenneth well, says I the mean- shark exploded, the shark was obliterated. Like, there's yeah. yes, literally. <laughs> In this movie, there was a shark, and then there was just a shower of blood and water, and that was it. Right. Like, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I would know. I was there. I saw it. But my, my yeah, but thing, the listeners might not have seen it. Face. My, it my th- that's true. My, my thing is that I wanted to know if you were going to try to electrocute a shark to kill it, like how many how many volts would it take? And and, and apparently, it would take approximately five hundred volts to incapacitate a shark. And, and let's say they had tried to use their battery that they had to do that. Let's just like say hypothetically, like, oh, let's try to incapacitate via, electri- via electricity. That wouldn't have been that crazy for that film, right? Yeah. Like yeah. for things that were going on. I mean, they did electrocute they, a shark in the movie. That's true. She, that's true. The, the uh, primary Dr. Susan, uh, she, she did take out this, um, this, this electrical cord that was uh, powering a light inside the facility mm. and did kill a shark via electrocution and i would like to say unless the unless that was like 500 volts worth of electricity which i doubt it was it wouldn't have worked because a car battery itself is only about 15 volts um mm-hmm. which is like three percent of the 500 so i really don't think that would have worked well and i think industrial light like and I'm, I'm sure someone can correct me on this but probably won't uh so i'll just say it and get away with it that like industrial lighting <laughs> is uh on the lower end of like 300 volts for for uh, <laughs> did you just pull that completely wow, that's, how out did you of your no, I did. I did look it up. Uh, oh, okay. But but uh, you also have to think about like, I mean, the shark had it in its mouth for an extended period of time, and depending on the amperage, like that's probably not enough to fuck that shark up pretty bad. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the scene where uh, the doctor electrocutes the shark, she like pulls this live wire out of the wall, zaps the shark, and then the shark dies, and then presumably she just walks through the room full of water with a live electrical wire yes. just sitting yes. in it and i yes. was like just because the shark died doesn't mean the power gets turned off you know like it's still yeah. a mm-hmm. live wire i mm-hmm. don't understand i mean she used her shirt as an insulator i guess but mm-hmm. like she stood in her clothes yeah well, she stood I think, on her clothes i think the implication is that after murdering the shark with the power of electricity the 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 room was no longer filled with said power because all the lights go off true i guess it was yes. just so much i guess it's short-circuited or something after yes all the shark circuited yeah shark circuited mm-hmm. yeah interesting 
I also love in like this is just a movie thing in like rooms that are underwater and pitch black with no lights. There's just blue lighting all the time. Like you can oh, just yeah, for sure. see everything even though they're literally underwater. They should not be able to really see anything. But. And the water's always fucking waist high like every single time. It's great. I love it. I love it. What uh, what other major points should we hear here hit hit here? Well, I don't know how much more science we can draw out of this film, but I know we have some pretty good questions that we could get some nitty gritty into if we want to do that. So why don't we go ahead and do ratings? Thanks. Perfect. You're welcome. Bwee ba ba woo. Ken, how about you? Why don't you lead us off? Okay, I can do that. I will take this charge for the deep blue sea. This movie, I'm gonna do the entertainment first because I feel like it. That's what we this do every a, time. This no, is a five wait. out of five. Shit. Yeah, we Hell yeah. First. Five out of five. For five out of five. It's okay. Yeah, easily. Definitely. This is an extremely enjoyable movie. It is, uh, quite honestly, and I've seen a lot of movies, one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so easily. true. <laughs> this is, if not the dumbest movie I've ever seen, but I had so much fun watching it. Uh, the Science gets a one. Uh, I wish I could rate it lower. Uh, I don't know if I can. <laughs> They didn't. I, I'm trying to think if they got any science right. Uh, LL Cool James quotes. Uh, he gives an Albert Einstein quote, or a quote that is often attributed to Albert Einstein about relativity, and that is a correct quote that is often attributed to Albert Einstein. So that is the only real science <laughs> thing kinda, that is in this movie. I've he never heard so many though, qualifiers in front of a sentence, Kenan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I had to give it something. So, Pace, you go next. Okay. Um. In regards to the science, um, I'm, I'm con- comparing this to other movies that we have watched. Uh, and we have watched some movies that have basically no science in them. Um, and so I'm going to give this one a two out of five. Or no, I'll give a three out of ten. Three out of ten feels better. Um, Traitor. Uh, I know. Uh, three out of ten. Yes. Um, and, and, that's, and that's solely because uh, I, I think that they presented a lot of interesting ideas that are maybe based in some science but mostly bullshit and that mostly bullshit is the reason it's three out of ten yeah um that's all bullshit for yeah for for entertainment i am going to give it easily a five out of five i'm gonna split my ratings today a five out of five for entertainment because Thank you. this movie was bad and i was enthralled for the entire time, mostly because I knew some of the actors and they and and they think they did a good job casting it, but um, also just because this movie surprised me at more than one take uh, by how ridiculous some of the lengths that these characters were go will, will, would go to to try to get away from these sharks yeah. and how dumb they also were at times. <laughs> yep, uh, and it was amazing. Um, so based upon that, that's how I feel about this film. Okay, so for the science in this movie, I'm gonna give it a one out of ten. Because I think it was all BS. And even in a movie like Jurassic Park that had like very bad science, they actually tried, I think. I don't even think this movie tried. (laughs) No, it did not. They like ham fisted, like shoved some Alzheimer's in here as like a reason for doing this research. But like it literally didn't make any sense. They just wanted sharks to attack people. Um, So I'm giving it a one out of 10 for the science, which is even lower than Kenan's rating mathematically. And uh, <laughs> and for the entertainment value, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I really loved the movie. It's not that I didn't love it. I just I'm trying to think of all the movies I've seen, and is this up in the upper echelon of most entertaining movies? I yes. really liked it, but I 
I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 because I think for the general audience, 8 out of 10 people are going to love it <laughs> and That's two fair. people That's will fair. not. So I, I do, agree with that. I, I feel like I have a, a pretty good, not to hijack it too much, but uh, to assist our, our science ratings, I have a pretty good point to make here. Uh, this The science in this movie is so bad that at no point, that a lot of characters are bleeding in this movie. At no point do they say the word bleeding or he's losing a lot of blood. Literally every time they reference to an injury, they say the word hemorrhaging. And it's like someone learned the word hemorrhaging and just dripped <laughs> it into every single fucking scene in this movie. They did. You're right. That's a good point. Oh, Tom Jane. Yeah, exactly. Tom Jane has a scene in this movie where he's literally putting a Band-Aid on his arm and he goes, my arm's hemorrhaging. They can smell blood. It's <laughs> like, heard. it's not fucking hemorrhaging. You've got a little bit of blood coming out of you. When you're bleeding. When he like said that, I literally was sitting there. was like, I must have misheard him because there's no way he said that because he just had a cut. I just assumed he didn't say that. You've you yes. just confirmed for me that he literally said his arm was yeah. hemorrhaging. I, if you, I, I did a little bit of digging into the lore of this movie. And if you look through the lyrics by LL Cool J's song, Deepest Blue at the end of the movie... He also says the word hemorrhaging in the song. Oh, my God. It was him. It was LL Cool J. I'm so angry about it. <laughs> I, I, what if they're, like, doing this scene and he's like, I got to put this bandaid on. I'm losing a lot of blood. And LL Cool J's like, hey, can we cut? Um, What if we use the word hemorrhaging here instead? <laughs> I read it in a thesaurus and I, I, I'm going to include it in the credits. And I really think we should use hemorrhaging more there's just so many little dumb things carter never ties his fucking shoes like they're well, running got from time to tie shoes this entire time and his shoes are untied it's because he's a he's a he's a rowdy boy he's misbehaves he's gonna go get his get his 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 water skateboard and he's gonna mm-hmm. be rowdy and he's yeah. not gonna listen to he's his gonna parents. kick he's gonna flip keep off his the shoes untied yeah yeah he's gonna kip flip kick kip kip flip off the shirt hey, so are, you, are you having a meltdown what's happening <laughs> yeah, I'm having a stroke deeply I'm having a stroke him. oh You're god watching a man falling apart get it is Google Hangouts crashing on your end too or is this just pace <laughs> it's just pace, no, pace I think it's crashing just me, just oh. me crashing. Um, you boys want to get to some questions? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. we we I know we have at least one question from Twitter. Do we want to do that one? Yeah, let's do it. I also have a question okay. from uh, somebody else through uh, Facebook as well. So oh wait, through Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they messaged me specifically. Oh so, fuck! Come on. Yeah, your your post didn't get any traction. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> I'm trying my best over here. <laughs> it's okay. I you know what? We appreciate every effort. We do. Oh, thanks, um, guys. Let's let's jump into our Twitter question, which is from Heidi at Pandabamaha on Twitter. Sorry, from who? Um, from Heidi, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah, thank you. At Pandabamaha on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Can you talk more about brain cell transplants? How does it work? And what diseases could this be helpful? How does this compare to what's done in the movie? Wow, that's a pace it's, question. If I've ever fucking heard it, it's. <laughs> It's, it can be, it can, I'm, I'm okay with it being a me, a me question. Um, I, I did do a little bit of research on this. So okay. there have been instances where brain cell transplants have been done. I, I couldn't find anything for humans because that's bonkers and we don't do that yet. Yeah. Um, well, and but, we are, to preface real quick, we also, yes. uh, and I think our reanimator episode talked about how there have been no successful whole brain transplants. This has not nope. occurred. As far as I know. 
Nope. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, you know, I heard something a couple of years ago about them, about in some Eastern European country or Russia, they were going to try to attempt a human like brain, not, not just brain, a head transplant. Yeah, I think like, you're uh, thinking of uh, Robert J. White. He, uh, oh no, yeah, you're talking about a different study. Robert J. White did one, uh, 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 a monkey head to another monkey. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't remember um, the name of the person conducting the study you're talking about. It, but Anyway, that that one's not as, I, I, I don't think, I don't think scientifically we're at a place to achieve that yet, but there have, there's been experiments um, where they've actually taken, I found one where they, they take they, they took human brain cells, human neurons, from both Down syndrome and healthy control patients, and they actually transplanted those neurons into a mouse brain. Um, mm-hmm. And basically what they, I mean, the, the reason they did that was they wanted to see, like, how well the cells would live and thrive uh, in, in a foreign environment. And so they basically found that, like, the, the results of the study showed that that the Down syndrome uh, neurons weren't as active or healthy and didn't form as many new connections as the healthy brain ones. Okay. But I, it just, it, it showed, and, but the, the neurons did form, the human neurons formed connections and networks with the mouse neurons. Which that is, is cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think in regards to like the second part of your question, Heidi, in regards to the diseases that it could have implications in, I, the first ones that come to mind are, are obviously neurodegenerative diseases like, like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Huntington's, where we'd lose brain cells and you could just, if you could take some some neural stem cells and just transplant those in to the areas that cells have died, then that would be good. But the problem with doing that still, and I think we've talked about this before, is that if, if your memory cells have died and you put mm-hmm. in new stem cells, you're not going to get all your old memories back. Yeah. Those are, those are gone forever. D- damaged uh, you, nerve cells do not regenerate well. So they you do would, not. You would need some way to sort of bridge that gap. You would need shark right. shark protein. You'd need yes. shark brain derived neurotrophic factor in order to not do that. even not even Sabudnif, not even Sabudnif could do that. <laughs> I don't think. Not even just get some of that damn it. That super smart shark goo and just drip it in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all your problems are solved. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and so how would so how this compare in the movie you ask Heidi? I I don't they they it looks like they take out some sort of weird v- variant of like spinal fluid, well, it's spinal the, fluid. It's the SSG. Huh? We've already the, talked about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they take the they, super they smart take that. shark goo. Yeah, super. They smart take the super goo. smart shark goo, and they and they take it and they take mm-hmm. that out and they put it on the human cells. I I think that the way it's actually going to work in real life, this is going to be difficult as hell if they ever try to do that in humans because you are going to be worrying about infection like crazy. I mean, I guess they they. <laughs> They do. Well, they do neurological surgeries now, where they do open up the skull mm-hmm. and like they expose the brain, and so you just have to be very careful. I mean, well, if we, sorry, Sean, you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it's it's sort of like, in a very basic sense, the equivalent of doing like a blood transfusion, but mm-hmm. it's more difficult because you have to deliver it to the like central nervous system. Yeah. So like. They would probably, I mean, it's also would just probably not be compatible with putting on human stuff, because if you actually just took this goo and just stuck the goo straight into someone's brain, they would yeah. probably have an immune reaction to it because it's from a completely different species. So yeah, they would, there would be proteins in there that your body would be recognized as foreign yes. and you would have a bunch of inflammation in your brain and it would be very, very bad. You and would you die would immediately. lose more cells. Yeah. But um, if they were like isolating this protein, yeah, 
from it and giving it to people as like a pill or an injection or something, it might not cause such a massive response. It's still a foreign protein, which still could cause an immune response, but I don't even know. I think they would just inject it into your like bloodstream and hope it crossed the blood brain barrier. Probably that's what they would test first. Just like, well, I mean, you're, you're barking on basically like what I was going to get at here is that, uh, uh, Cerebral spinal fluid transplants have been done, but in this case, you're dealing with, like you said, a situation where you have all these foreign proteins. So realistically speaking, they would do exactly what you're saying, which is they would figure out what protein it was because she says the protein complex, like yeah. they know what in it is doing something, right? Right. Um, so they would overexpress that protein complex and then use it by itself. And then, honestly, they probably, I mean, they could maybe test whether or not it would cross the blood-brain barrier, and we can get into that in a second, so we can explain what that is, but they'd probably just do a cerebral injection. Yeah. They would probably just directly inject it into the cerebral spinal fluid and then allow it to permeate the brain. And you you know what the very first thing they would have done once they figured out what this protein complex is? They would have isolated shark neurons, grown them in cell culture, and tried to just make them make the protein so that you don't yep. have to yep. fucking yep. 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 inject yep. a shark's brain to get this protein every time. Yes, 100%. Like it's so buck wild. You could just grow cells in a plate, and then they would just secrete this protein, and then you just get the protein from that. The, that's the crazy. major way that we make proteins uh, in the lab or make viruses in the lab. Mm-hmm. We get... Mm-hmm. other cells to do the work and we overexpress them make a crap load and then just take it yeah right exactly like <laughs> it's just that's like science 101 of where you would start so so kenan you mentioned the blood brain barrier mm-hmm. right and you guys talked about i think you were talking about how you need to figure out if the whatever special protein it is would cross the blood brain barrier yeah can you explain right? what the b- 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 is for us the is, I mean, it, it is what it sounds like it is and that it is literally a, uh, a barrier composed of special types of cells uh, that separate the central nervous system tissue, like your, your brain and your spinal cord, from the vessels, the blood vessels that supply oxygen to the brain itself. Yee. And, and, and the tricky thing is, if you're trying to deliver something to the brain, via the blood it has to be able to cross the blood brain barrier now small molecules do this very well um and by small by small molecule i mean something smaller than a protein like a lot of um psychiatric drugs are small molecules so they cross the blood brain barrier a lot of what you're trying to deliver to the brain gets there yeah i mean let's think about this like go ahead ken uh, or nsaids Right or insets, yeah, ibuprofen like crosses yeah, the blood-brain like barrier. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you flip the you flip it on the other end. You have things like there are a lot of antibody therapies that are popular now for central nervous system diseases. Antibodies do not cross the blood-brain barrier very well. I think it's like maybe about a half to one percent. If you were to inject an antibody therapy into the blood, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the ways it's delivered in humans, uh, only about one percent gets into the brain. That so you have to have a lot of antibody, which is expensive to make, and it's problematic. The antibodies are proteins. So like, and, and they in are the proteins. Movie, they keep talking about a protein complex, which implies that this is actually multiple proteins all complex right. together, which would be even bigger, right? right? So correct, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's probably not going to pass very well, not very efficiently, at least. 
True, true. And this actually brings us into uh, our, our next question, which I'll go ahead and read for us. So we've got a question from uh, uh, a friend of the podcast, Bartholomew Hoffman. He's the druid of questions. He grows them from trees. He's there. Honestly, <laughs> I would say probably my best friend. Um, so oh, no. he... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kenan. Yeah. That's cool. Just he leave asks... us out of this then. Oh, please let me read my question from our friend, Mark. Okay. Um, he says... Uh, I know we can use shark cartilage for human surgery, and this is this is actually true. There's like a lot of research that's being done on shark cartilage. I don't think any of it has been confirmed for therapeutic effect, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, but are, he says, are there any other actual surgical or medical benefits that come from sharks? Um, they 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 taste uh, very good. You're terrible. <laughs> Listen, I found two things that were pretty cool. If you guys will permit me. Okay. Yep, yeah, please. dude. One of them Pace mentioned a second ago. So you actually talked about how antibodies uh, can't cross the blood, blood the blood brain barrier, the BBB. Correct. So there is actually, uh, I, I'm not sure if the studies are still going on, but it certainly seems like they are. Uh, there are uh, two companies, a pharma firm, uh, H. Lundbeck, and then a uh, research company based in Philadelphia called Oceanics. It's probably pronounced Oceanics, but we're talking about the ocean, and so I'm having a hard time not pronouncing it Oceanics. Uh, sure it's not Oceanics? Uh, nope, there's an A in there. Uh, so, But the thing is, they actually took uh, small antibodies that sharks produce. So if you're sitting at a computer, go and look at the structure of an antibody. They're actually pretty cool. There is a section of that antibody called the variable region, and that is what recognizes good things and bad things in your body. Antibodies are made so that they have specific places on their protein structure that can recognize specific things, tag viruses, tag bacteria, things like that. And the reason the region that recognizes it is called that variable region. Sharks actually make very small versions of this. So they make uh, antibody fragments. They're sometimes called nanobodies. This company actually takes these antibody fragments and they attach them to other antibodies. So they create these like chimera antibodies, basically. And they can use these shark antibodies to deliver the therapeutic antibodies across that blood-brain barrier because these shark antibodies are actually able to go. So you can kind of think of it as like that shark antibody helps bring whatever treatment they're trying to use into the brain from the blood. They're vouching kind of like a, for the for the yeah, therapeutic antibody. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Come like, the I know the blood-brain barrier. Yeah, and the bouncer's like, so what the fuck? You're trying to get in where all full up? And they're like, oh, don't worry. Yeah. I'm on the list. And then they yeah, let yeah, them yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not on the fucking list, they, and they point down to the list, and the bouncer looks down, and who is it? It's Mister Washington. He's there. He's looking at it. <laughs> so it's a one dollar <laughs> bill, and the bouncer's like, "Thank God, I could eat tonight. You can <laughs> yeah. fuck." Yeah. I really wanted to stock up, stop at Taco Bell on the way home, and I am out of cash, Mister yes. Washington. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna get? Like a like a little mini taco from Taco Bell? Like Pace, what can you get no, from Taco dude. Bell for a dollar? Not a whole lot. Even Taco Bell's getting kind of expensive now. Son of a bitch. Millennials, right? The world is the world is going down in flames when Taco Bell starts costing like seven or eight bucks for a meal. Oh boy. Seven These or times. eight bucks for Taco Bell? We're not talking about Taco Bell on this podcast. <laughs> I think right, we are talking about that. Taco Bell on this podcast, <laughs> Kevin. Let's let's reel this shark back in and, oh. and, 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 and talk about science. We can talk about Taco Bell after the podcast. Wait, didn't want. you say there were two, right, two sure. points you had about... Yeah, so there's actually another thing uh, that I found that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, and this one, uh, the other, uh, the way that medicine oft- often works, and 
you can't think of it from the aspect of what we saw here in Deep Blue Sea, where it's like, oh, we found this thing in the shark. Let's take it directly out of the shark and stick it into a person. That's not how that works anymore. No. Um, that's why when you hear like, oh, there's this food in, in Taco Bell meat, and it's the same thing they use in yoga mats. Like, they're produced in a vacuum. Like, they're they're made completely separated from anything else, right? So, for instance, these antibodies that are made that we derive from sharks, they were originally just found in sharks. We don't pull them out of sharks. We express them completely separate of sharks in a laboratory now that we know what those sequ- the protein sequences of those things. Um, right. And, al- and along that same line, we have uh, something called squalamine, which was originally isolated from dogfish, which are these much, much smaller sharks. You should look them up. They're very cute. Get on that Google, get Google machine. Look at the images. Uh, but squalamine is a steroid polyamine conjugate compound uh, that has not only like a lot of antimicrobial activity, uh, but it also has what is known as anti-angiogenic activity. Uh, and I know my, my two boys here can tell oh. us what that is for oh. sure. Well, angiogenesis, angiogenesis is the process of blood vessel growth and development. So that is true. Correct. It is one of the hallmarks of cancer because as a tumor grows, it needs to develop a blood supply in order to provide oxygen to all the cells. So blocking angiogenesis in tumors is generally a therapeutic approach and this also is used in other diseases possibly in the eye but i'll let kevin talk about that yep that's actually (laughs) well and it's interesting you talk about that because i think uh i I don't have it here in front of me but squalamine was definitely used at some point to try and treat a form of cancer i'd have to i'd have to look that up but um, a treatment that actually made it a little bit further into the clinic, clinical trial phase two uh, with this uh, with this treatment in order to try and treat something oh, as interesting uh, macular degeneration. Uh, specifically, it was a type of macular degeneration called wet, wet MD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in which you have uh, the proliferation of blood vessels growing on the retina. So, like Sean mentioned, you get a lot of blood vessels growing very quickly, uh, and because you get this uh, blood vessel stimulation, you end up not being able to see anymore just because it's ruining your eye. Exactly. And so if you can block the blood vessel growth, then you will halt the macular degeneration. And the macula, if you don't know this, this is the region in the back of your eye on your retina where most of your high acuity daytime vision comes from is focused on. So Mm -hmm. you really need that to be able to see. Yep. And in their uh, in their phase two clinical trial basically they uh, did not get a statistically significant effect not enough for them to actually justify moving forward they, they tried a phase three I think anyway but it failed in January of last year but what they did say is that they saw a therapeutic effect so some of the patients who actually received this actually experienced uh, improvement in their condition despite the fact that it wasn't statistically significant well that's good hmm. for those patients it is it's not it good is, for the I drug think. not good for the drug though no, that's true. I, there, there are so many different types of anti-angiogenic drugs that um, that are basically that, that are that are used in, in uh, clinical trials. It's usually like the first thing that they'll use because usually they're just like orally available stuff. So yeah, like for like almost all cancers, antibodies are like yeah, they'll just give them that. Yeah. Like it's yeah. easy. But and Sean mentioned VEGF, um, and and that's actually like what this is specifically targeting. So yeah, um, it's it's preventing signal transduction of. Uh, um, vascular growth endothelial factor. growth factor. Hey, there you go. It's a signaling protein that mm-hmm. stimulates the formation of blood cells, baby. Yeah. I feel like we talked a lot. 
You know what? We talked. Uh, we did more science than Deep Blue Sea could have ever dreamed to do in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we had to. Ex- I think so. Much like yeah, extracting so. goo from a shark, we had to extract it from this <laughs> fucking movie. That's right. Uh, but you know, I think the show has run its course, and therefore, oh, I think it's time that we say, "Feeder's name." Yeah, 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 baby. Let's uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, what movie are we going to do next week? What's our next movie, boys? Kenan, stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have to thank someone first for this movie. Thank you, God, for making Deep Blue Sea. (laughs) No, 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 not God. Better. Okay. (laughs) Oh, sick. Our patron, Zach Cope, suggested this movie to us. So, Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Zach. This was extremely fucking good. This was a very good, it was a perfect movie for us to do. So, thank you, Zach. We got way more science out of it than I thought we would. We did, right? Um... Okay, well, but Kenan, now we can look to the future. I just wanted to make sure we acknowledge those that we have stood on the shoulders of. Well, Pace, do you have any do you have any ideas? Because Sean and I are tapped out. What movie are we going to watch next week? Yeah, so I I came up with this uh, without the help of my coworkers who just really don't really mm-hmm. have good ideas for movies. Yeah, um, that's cool. Us. I was thinking that w- I was thinking that we could watch Repo Men. Oh and, wow, what a good uh, idea! Just, cool, how's that spelled? Yeah, we could. Yeah, it's, yeah, we could. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What'd you say, Sean? <laughs> Damn it. He asked you how it was spelled. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 spelled um, the way that it sounds, Sean. Uh, <laughs> yep. R E A P O. Ken, that's not that's not how that's spelled. I don't understand no. why. Okay. <laughs> this joke is just for We're us. We're going to talk about artificial organ <laughs> transplants. So send us. us your questions about artificial organ transplants. And then... Um, we're going to we're going to quit this show now cuz i think it's really run its course now. <laughs> um, Pace, come on. You had a good idea for a good movie. It, it, anything about uh organ transplants and actually growing artificial organs. We're going to really yeah, dig into Yeah, we the weeds can grow ears on mice. Yeah, we we can. We we can. Well, we can, like, but yeah. people can. Yeah, we can and we don't. <laughs> Okay, well. Anyway, that's all the time we have. So uh, I would like to thank Otis McDonald for the use of our uh, opening and closing song, Third Eye Blimp. Thank you very much. Off the album, YouTube Audio Library. Thank you, Otis. Mm -hmm. And I'd also like Um, to thank Pace for saying the next thing. I just want people to know, if if you're looking for more information on Alzheimer's disease, uh, the Alzheimer's Association, alls.org, has a lot of really cool and interesting and engaging uh, stats and um, just kind of thing updates and uh news about about the disease that are really interesting that's awesome and thank you for that plug i would like to thank uh all of our listeners thank you for sticking with us and listening to the show um if you have any questions for us you can send them uh, to realsciencecast at gmail.com or you can tweet at realsciencecast or if you want no one's done this yet but you could you know post a question on facebook (laughs) (laughs) listen we've gotten at least one or two questions on we have you're right it's just not our main avenue but that's fine that's fine um Mm -hmm. all i would also like to thank all of our patrons uh we really um appreciate all of your support we're making the show um obviously the show is still free for everybody to listen to but all of the donations that you give us go towards things like new equipment, which Kenan and mm-hmm. Pace actually have new microphones that they've been recording with. So hopefully you yeah. can tell a difference. I can tell a difference in my ears. So <laughs> I, hopefully in we do ears. sound better. 
it re- it really does help. Uh, and I mean, obviously, there's like a baseline need that we have for updating equipment and all that good stuff. But the intent is eventually to get that to grow into new content, additional you know audio that you can listen to, and you know things like that. So that's that's our intent. We're not going to fucking stop doing this. So you might as well help because it's not fucking going away. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep berating <laughs> you. Yep. <laughs> Uh, We're here whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Nerd. Nerd. (laughs) Is that everything? I I think that's probably everything. I need to... Yeah, this is wonderful. I need to lay down after all this. So, Mm -hmm. uh, my name's Kevin Mm -hmm. Smith. Mm -hmm. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't need good science to make a good movie. As we've seen here. Hey, you can <laughs> stop. <laughs> great. You're doing great. Well, you, t- you told me to interrupt you. I thought you were I already s- said, what's our next movie? Oh, well, <sighs> it's cool. I'll say it again. I will prompt you. I apologize. <laughs> Line. Line? <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Finally, he's dead. You got me. <laughs> you fucking got me. <laughs> All right. Okay.